Welcome to the Destination Gettysburg Podcast. Great to have you with us today. Not far from Gettysburg is a great little treasure called the Totem Pole Playhouse. And today, some of the young performers from Annie the Musical, as well as the artistic director for the Totem Pole Playhouse. Hope you enjoy. And uh, we're just outside in the uh, back porch, I think this is what you would call yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, here with uh, David. Um, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm pleased you're here. Thank you so much for having us today. Absolutely. It's our pleasure. Um, we are talking about some of the various things that are coming up. Uh, Annie, of course, is front and center, and we have some various other shows coming up to ride out the summer. Uh, but we also want to start off right now, just if you would please give me a brief overview of the Totem Pole Playhouse. Absolutely. Totem Pole Playhouse, we're celebrating our 73rd anniversary season. Uh, it was founded in 1950 by Carl Jenis and his wife, and they ran the theater and established it up on the hill in its original location for two years. And then um, Bill Putch took over in 1952, and he ran the theater until the mid-80s uh, here with his wife, Jean Stapleton, who a lot of you might know from All in the Family fan. She played Edith Bunker on All in the Family. And Bill and Jean and their two kids John and Pam worked here uh, and sort of established a theater for what it's become today. Uh, after Bill passed away, uh, his daughter Pam ran the theater for one year with Carl Shore and Will Love, and then they took over and they ran the theater for 25 years. And subsequently, Ray Ficka was the artistic director, and then Rowan Joseph. And then three years ago, I came on board as artistic director. I've actually worked here since 1997. I started directing shows here in 1997, so I have a long history with the Playhouse. Um, but I have not been the artistic director uh, all but three years. Okay. So we're very lucky to have a very diverse season this year. We're very fortunate the audiences are coming back. Maybe the world's getting a little bit more normal. Um, but, you know, the thing that's kept us running is our patrons and the support of our community, and we're so grateful for that. And for people like our guests today, who have come to make these shows what they are. And I would like to introduce who I have here. I have my dear friend, Christiane Knauer, who's now Christiane Roll, who theatrically you were Christiane Davis. She's got a lot of names. And um, she is our musical director. She actually appeared last year in Beehive. And her two daughters, Cadence or Candace, depending on who you are, I call her Cadence. No, her name is Cadence. <laughs> and Brooklyn, they're both in Annie. Cadence is one of the, we have two Annies. And Brooklyn is doing the heavy work. She plays, how many characters do you play? I believe I played five. Yeah, so she's <laughs> she's in the ladies ensemble. She's a Boylan sister, she's, she does it all. And then we have their fantastic aunt or sister-in-law or fantastic lady. What's your last name today? Uh, my stage name is- Anna Bailey. Anna Bailey, but, but she's a Kanawha I'm actually too. Anna Kanawha. Yeah, yes, and so, so <laughs> Strangely, Anna submitted last year to me, and I don't think I knew you were related to anybody. I don't. And think then I, that sort of I came didn't put out in there because I didn't want any nepotism. Or well, no. Like so that, this though. just all kind of was kismet <laughs> that we have a whole family here, all involved with Annie. Um, so I, I feel 
they've just been terrific and I don't know. I don't know if they're having a good time, but they're pretending like they are, and that's all wow. I that's all I care about. You have is, your own summer camp. That's your right. Own version of summer camp. That's and they and and Christiane and her daughters were here last summer. They, her both of her daughters were in Sound of Music, so it's become like an annual thing. It's is is it easier for families to put on a show that you found? Or? Well, it's weird. We have three sets of sisters mm-hmm. in Annie. Mm-hmm. Um, the other two sets are local. But like we have a lot of sets of siblings when we do Christmas Carol at the Majestic Theater in Gettysburg. It's nice. I mean, I think it makes it easier for the parents for traveling. I think it the siblings like, you know, they're coming into this new situation. So they do have someone with them that, you know, they feel comfortable with. So it, it is a nice thing for families to do together. And um, so we just we lucked out this year. So we're very fortunate. I want to point out this is a nonprofit organization. This is a nonprofit. We're a nonprofit. So, so donations are always welcome. They are always welcome. Um, <laughs> Maybe just on Tuesdays and Fridays. No, they're always welcome. Okay. Uh, but the people have been very generous. You know, we, we it was very hard to get through COVID, and people were very supportive of us. Um, but we have been in operation, you know, like I said, for 73 years. We're an actors' equity union house, um, which is very hard to do these days. But we do embrace people in the community as well, um, because that's you know what makes this theater great is the combination of professionals from around the country combined with local talent. So I feel very fortunate that we have such a pool to draw from here in Chambersburg and Gettysburg. Now, with respect to the actors, um, I know from time to time on your website there is a, a page for auditions and such. I see a lot of familiar faces when I look in the past and, and some of the other shows like uh, with, with Mr. Ficka um, and so forth that a lot of people show up from time and time again. Is there a, a system, I want to say, with your uh, auditions that takes place on a regular basis or is it mostly from the same people? Or- no, no, no. We have we have an open call every year um, and it's very strange. I sort of didn't realize it, but in the Annie cast, mm-hmm. I believe... I've worked with every person in the cast. I didn't mean that to be, except for Anna. <laughs> except for Anna. But I think everybody else. But interestingly enough, all of the people that were in Baskerville had never worked here before. So it's it varies. And all of people in Million Dollar Quartet, they're all new people. This just this was like our old home week show. Um, but we have auditions every year. We have auditions. That we're having auditions on August 26th for Christmas oh. Carol. Um, so we, we try to get new blood in here every year and yep. mix things up and give people opportunities. But like I said, we do have a lot of local people that return who are mm-hmm. tried. There's a gentleman named Michael Krikorian, who these ladies all know, who's just, he's a, he's retired. He was a scientist. He's a fantastic man and he loves to be in the shows and he's done a lot of great work for us. He's in Christmas Carol. He was in Sound of Music last year. So we're very fortunate to have all those people as well. And Sam Little, who is playing Daddy Warbucks, while he is an equity union actor, he is local. So that sort of, and his wife, Alyssa Little, she's choreographed a lot of shows for us. So there's a lot of mixture of, you know, out of town, in town, old and new. So I think so. I will say, though, that's a testament to it being a lovely mm-hmm. place to work. It's a lovely environment. Um, when you see repeat actors, yeah. I mean, if you see an actor who comes once and doesn't come back, that means it wasn't a nice place sure. to work. And this is not only a lovely setting to come visit, it's also a lovely place to work. That's good for mentorship as well. Yeah. I mean, we, we have a lot of, uh, you know, we have a lot of young actors that are in college. I mean, these young ladies are in high school. So. Yeah. 
Who knows what's to come for you guys? You'll probably get too famous and you won't want to work here anymore. <laughs> Never. We'll always want to work here. Yeah, we'll see. Now, why do you want to work here? I mean, this is I'm, I'm putting you on the spot. I, she, she, she kind of alluded it to it there a little bit, but, but what have you taken well, mostly from this experience? I mean, last year, like, I made so many friends in Sound of Music that I still stay, stay in contact with. I love acting. I love being on stage. I just love theater, but Totem Pole makes it so much more of like a friendship, like family event. Like you get to make connections that you weren't expecting to. And not many other theaters are like that. You will make one or two friends when you do a show, but at Totem Pole, you all just get along. Something that you offer time and time again is a summer camp. We do. We have two okay. summer camps and we sort of tried out different options, but what we found that works the best is we have a creative dramatics camp that okay. is actually over for the summer. We had our presentation about two weeks ago, and that's for, I think, seven to ten-year-olds. And then coming up the day after Annie closes, uh, we start our musical theater camp, which is for, like, t I think, ten to eighteen-year-olds. And they produce a full-fledged musical. This year they're doing Honk Jr. <laughs> and um, they're, I mean, that's that seems to be what our young people and their parents want the most, so... That's what we're doing. And they've been, you know, and it's, it's a chance for kids to come. They get to see the shows that we're doing while they're in the camps. Um, I think the campers came to see your rehearsal one day, right? Yeah, they watched the first part of Act One. So they saw all the orphans singing Hard Knock Life and okay. the Annie singing Maybe. So they got to see the part of the show that's really kid heavy. And they were very well behaved. They sat there and were very good visitors to our, to our rehearsal that day. Well, and it's very, it's great because it introduces families to theater. It makes them want to come to Totem Pole. It introduces children to uh, seeing if they like performing. Because right. you don't necessarily have to be a performer to come to camp. It's just, it's finding your niche of friends and it's it's finding a place where you belong. But a lot of those kids go on to audition for Christmas Carol, which is a big family event. Mm -hmm. um, we try to use a lot of, the most people we use from the community is at Christmas Carol which, as I said, is at the Majestic in Gettysburg. Um, so, yeah, it's it, the camps are sort of, it's. I think it's something that we can do for the community, but it also allows us to introduce theater to new people. I mean, something we find is that we want to keep our audiences coming back. You know, they tend to get older and older and older, um, as we all do. But we want to get fresh, young talent here to want to see the shows. I haven't um, acted in anything since high school. Um, what was your starring role? Uh, I was Big Julie in right, Guys yay. and Dolls. <laughs> Sit down, you're rocking the boat. There yeah. you go. Um, in talking with young actors, I don't know what you all do to memorize lines. I don't know how you teach that ability because that can transcend into various other aspects of your life down the road. You know, how, how do you as actors memorize your lines? I think... I get, I, that's probably the number one question I get asked by people who aren't in theater. How do you learn all those lines? Because mm -hmm. when you think about memorizing something for school, you learned it wrote line by line by line. Whereas I'm, when you're acting, you have action that has to happen. So you know you have to get from point A to point B in a scene. And so if you know what's happening in the scene, eventually it only makes sense to say those lines. So you might have the idea of what the lines are, but then they get more specific. And obviously you review them and as you're running in rehearsal, they get connected with action and they get connected with 
where your character needs to go. So eventually you just kind of connect them to what your character needs. Right. And you have to say those things or else you'll never get to that. And a lot of it is body language and feeding off of other people's body yeah. cues and so forth. I mean, when you're talking about action, it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, well, they, yeah. you know, you, you start to remember things like you, you probably, it's probably a prerequisite for you all that you have like a photographic memory for the most part um, in that respect. But the time that you have to rehearse for something, to memorize your lines and have it down to a science is probably a lot more buttoned up than you would have in high school. I mean, high school is weeks and weeks and weeks. You probably have a shorter time. Yeah, they had, you all had, well, they have two weeks in the rehearsal mm -hmm. room. Uh, but they rehearse eight hours a day. Okay. So it's just like a job. And then we moved into the theater and we put the show, you know, we added the sets and the costumes and the music and everything. We had three days to do that. So it is rather fast, but because there's a system and they have the luxury, most of the people, this is the only thing they're doing. Whereas like in school, you've got classes and family. Right. And you know, this is like a focused time for it to be mounted. So I think, I mean, it seems like you guys had adequate time, right? I mean, you, I mean, Cadence is one of the Annies and she, and she's one of the other orphans as well. So she had to learn two parts, but you were fine, right? Yeah, it's fine. And it really is like more of something. Once you learn the blocking lecture, I knew my lines like before I went into like the actual rehearsal process. But once it's like, oh, so I have to sit on the couch because I said that line. So it makes more sense, like, when you add it all together, that's when it really, like, the whole show comes together and everything just, like, seems to make sense when you say it or have to do something. Well, and no, and it's just, just, just as a side, which is funny. Christiane and I first met, I don't know what year it was, but I used to, I was the artistic director at a theater called the Gretna Timbers Theater in Mount Gretna, Pennsylvania. And Christiane was in the shows. She was in college then. It was about four years ago. Um, <laughs> but that's where we met. And um, she, you did the show two years, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And then she came back. I don't know if immediately, but you choreographed one year, too. Year, yeah. We sort of kept in touch. Oh, yes. But then the first year we were back, we did concerts because we had to be outside because of COVID. And she came. And one of the people that did a concert, she knew from the Timbers. And she came with, you guys came, yes. too, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's where we sort of reconnected, and that was in 2021. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's just it's amazing the the relationships that you 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 know you find and mm -hmm. foster. And Christiana shared that she knows people that were in the show with her still. Yes. yes, for sure. So well, that's one of the things I think about this place. If you think about people wanting to come and see shows at Totem Pole, if the to know about this place and to learn how wonderful this theater is, and why David truly is this perfect leader of this theater. David is just this wonderful, uh, just keeps in touch with everybody, has been so developmental in so many people's careers. And now it's all sort of like here. Now everybody who's working here, he's touched their lives throughout their career and continues to like allow them to keep working. So it, it, it's really lovely to see that too. I mean, who would well, have thought my well, that, first job out of college, I would still be working with David as my director. It's insane. Well, and and it's, my children. I know. And it's, it's amazing too. Like I'll watch the audiences when I give the curtain speeches. And one night there was three generations sitting right next to each other, a granddaughter, a daughter, and a grandmother that all have come to the theater for over 30 years, probably more than that. I mean, that's the thing about this place. I mean, national tours are wonderful. Going to see Broadway shows, wonderful. But that sort of family, generational, bringing it up in the community, that is, is I think, just the beauty of Total Bowl. Besides the talent, the cast is beyond talented. 
the singing, I'll say, ha ha. It's the best part. The, the music direction, those cutoffs and diction are no favoritism there. But truly, I mean, it's the talent is amazing. But it's that sense of family, that sense of community, that is that's what you're getting from this theater. I I think. And each show is so very different. I mean, the first show was like a country music review with three ladies, and it was all traditional country music. And then we did a play about Sherlock Holmes. And now we're doing this, which is very different, very family friendly, big, splashy Broadway musical. And after this, we have Million Dollar Quartet, which is a smaller rock and roll tribute show to Elvis Presley and Carl oh, Perkins and Jerry Lee Lewis and Johnny Cash. So we're in rehearsals right across the way. Um, and then we are, we're doing on Golden Pond. We're doing a classic comedy drama play um, that some people might be familiar with the film. And we're lucky enough to get Paris Pete back here. He's starring in the show. Ray Ficka uh, is in the show. A really good friend of mine, Blair Ross, who's been, done a lot of Broadway shows. She was in the first show I directed here. She was in Smoke on the Mountain. She's playing Ethel Thayer. So very, it's, it's, it's overwhelmingly satisfying to bring, you know, give people opportunities and watch the people you've, you know, grown up with perform. So... And Christiane, last year, she was in Beehives. Yes. She does it all. Yes, it was great. I got to see my kids, my children perform in Sound of Music. And then I stayed for another couple of weeks by myself. Uh, they went back to Florida. And uh, I got to, to sing and dance again, which was great. And wear a lot of wigs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. No, but thanks for uh, mentioning those earlier. Because, obviously, Annie is happening July 7th through the 23rd. Yes. And then you've got Million Dollar Quartet on Golden Pond. Then we will be dark okay. until Christmas Carol, which will be in November and December. And gotcha. that is not at this venue because we don't have heat. Mm -hmm. And we love the Majestic, so we'll be moving to the Majestic in Gettysburg. Is it um, is it just that show that you moved to the Majestic? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to put you on the spot because you know this is a fun fact. Um, the actual totem pole. Yes. I know the yeah. description of the top to the bottom. It's actually the bottom to the top. Bottom to the top. But that tell this particular totem pole mm -hmm. tells the story of the rebuilding of this theater. Oh. The original okay. theater uh, burned down in 1970. It was a it was like a little bit up 233 um, in an old dance hall, and it had been there for you know over 20 years. Well, as a theater for over 20 years, mm -hmm. but the structure had been there, and it burned down. And Bill Putch and the community rallied together and raised money um, through a lot of kids actually helped with that. So the, the totem pole that we have tells the story of the rebuilding of the theater. The big bottom is the fire, and then it shows the kids rallying together, and it ends with the Thunderbird, which is the top, which represents you know the overlooking and watching over the theater. Okay. Um, and we actually had the totem pole blessed by indigenous people. A Native American gentleman came, and um, so. It, it is very important to us, and the, the beauty of the idea of a totem pole is that it's all about, a totem pole is all about storytelling, and we're all about storytelling. So um, it's, yeah, if you look on the website, it'll tell you what each level is, but apparently you're, when you read a totem pole, you're supposed to read it bottom to top. So. No, it's very cool. It's, it's nice how it comes full circle, as you mentioned, telling a story. Yeah. I mean, it's all about storytelling. I mean, that's... Mm -hmm. You know, and like I tell the audiences when they come, they're the last piece of the puzzle because if we got in like a box and mm -hmm. sang songs and pretended and no one watched it, it would sort of be pointless. <laughs> and so the audience is very important. Yeah. 
it's nice that people have a place to go. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to lie. Netflix is great. Yeah. But it's nice to see a show. Absolutely. And And just to come together with people and share an experience. Mm And um, it's different. I mean, it's different than sitting in your home. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's, it's very important. I mean, the more people we can get involved and feel it's more important, the better for us, the better Mm -hmm. for our survival. But there is something about the human experience of sitting together with people that you know and perhaps people that you don't and watching a common experience and collectively having a reaction to it. And hopefully it starts some conversations or at the very least just brings joy into people's lives. I mean, it's very, I'll tell you that it happens in Christmas Carol too, but the the infectious happiness of these little girls. Now, Canes in Brooklyn are a little bit older, but we've got some really... <laughs> you are. Aren't you like 17? No, she's 14. Uh, but like the little girls, I mean, they're very... I mean, they're just beyond excited. There's my dear friend's daughter, Alice Fang, is in the show, and she's just... I'm like, I'll say, Alice, you having fun? She's like, I love it. I love it. <laughs> and they're all just... It's very sweet. And I, you know, I always, in the curtain speech, I'll often be like, they're behind this curtain, and... I'm so scared, right? I should not let them say something. They'll go crazy, right? <laughs> but they're back there, and when the curtain rises, all the little girls are there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's pretty rewarding. It's pretty. We have what nine orphans, I think. We have nine orphans. Nine orphans. Okay. Including the Annie. Uh, so nine children. Uh, so that's a lot of that's a lot of children. Their age ranges, I think, are perhaps like six to fifteen. Yeah. I think in mean, the orphans, so a huge range of ages there. Who's the bad apple? <laughs> they're all great and there's a little girl in the show um there's two sisters sophie and annabelle dineland they're both in it and uh annabelle was in sound of music last year and it's very fun they can attest to this she was extremely shy last year well those days are over <laughs> she's caught the theater bug and she's she they're both both of them are terrific roles so we're very fortunate for that over the years, you've done several different shows. Are there any that that come up time and time again that you, you do again and again? Um, well, we've done... Uh, the first show I did here was Smoke on the Mountain. Mm-hmm. And we did that twice. And then there were two other incarnations. There was a Christmas Smoke on the Mountain. And then there was another Smoke on the Mountain. There was a third edition. So I've done a lot of those here. Actually, not... Well, no, and then I did... We brought it back four years ago and I directed that but I wasn't in that um, but we tried to bring you know I had a great experience here with Mamma Mia it was one of the happiest rehearsal rooms I've ever been in people loved it it was it's just like kind of just a joyous fun fun show and then I did the best little mm-mm in yeah, Texas right, right. and um, that too was a lot of fun just mm-hmm. you know there's a lot to be said for like teaching a lesson or, you know, which is great, but just bringing joy, as I said, is a big part of what we try to do. And that both of those experiences were just quite, quite fun. And it's interesting because like Beehive was very entertaining, mm-hmm. but it also like it taught people about music and the ladies of the sixties. And it was, it was, I mean, it, it sort of did both. And if you can do both, that's huge. Yeah, it's very it's a very diverse history yeah. you've had with shows. It's not always just appealing to one 
Well, yeah, I mean, we're trying to we're trying whatever. to create a season where everybody gets what they want, and um, we we were basically a theater that did plays and one musical, and then we became a theater that did a lot of musicals, and now we're trying to get back and sort of do half and half because you know it, different things appeal to different people. So that's not, not doing too bad for a for a playhouse that started out in a converted auto shop. That's right. That's right. That was the very, very first year. And then yes. they found the dance hall. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this has been a real treat. Um, just being able to talk to some of the actual actors in Annie. Um, now we're going to try, I'm going to get this posted real soon. Great. Um, so that people can hear about Annie, obviously. Um, but then the folks who maybe tune in after the fact, uh, we, of course, want to remind everybody that Million Dollar Quartet on Golden Pond are all coming up. Yes, absolutely. Um, you want to do a plug for the website? Yeah, yeah. We're at totempoleplayhouse.org. And you can always, there's a link for there for tickets. You can always call 717-352-2164 and reach our box office. And they are there every day to service your needs. We hope you'll come and see us. Um, Annie's fantastic, but they, people always say, what's your favorite show? And I always like, the one I'm doing right now. Yeah. So, uh, I, I that's think, where your heart and soul is. At well, that that's where I need right. to make money. Yep. Uh, so, but, uh, but no, you, it's a great, this is a great family show. And it's the thing is, it's funny. People are like, they thought, I thought I'd be really cheesy. Well, it is kind of, it is kind of hokey, but it's actually very well written and very smart. I think the adults have just as good time as kids. I mean, when, when you see Annie, you, you buy your tickets and you expect it just to be like a fun musical musical, just like outgoing. You remember like hard knock life, but you don't remember all the like sad moments. I've seen people crying in the audience because there are touching deep moments in the musical too. It's very, it's very much both. It's sad yeah. and heartbreaking, but it's also just fun. It's very- And that's the very definition of theater. Yeah. The highs and lows of drama and comedy. It's also a history lesson for a daughter who just had finished eighth grade. Uh, it tells you a lot about Hooverville and the Depression yeah. and FDR. So a lot of things that she just learned or maybe some of the listeners' children or grandchildren are learning about. You see it reflected Absolutely, on yeah. stage. So it's a little bit of American history, too. Well, show. and it's very funny because somebody in rehearsal one day was like, well, I can't believe that they put a woman in the cabin in this play. I'm like, that was actually true. Perkins was the first woman in the cabinet. So like, it's all... It's all historically correct. Yeah, it's really um, Sometimes people just need that little gentle reminder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the show goes like so, like smoothly through the scenes, and like the whole thing is just like it's not what you would expect for Annie. It like exceeds your expectations. That you're like, oh my gosh, this show is like amazing. From like the orphans to like the um, cabinet scene, like scenes like I have seen Annie before and I totally forgot about half the scenes and like some of them like not like in a bad way but like some of them have become like my favorite scenes like as an orphan or as Annie. Like, so as Annie like, what what are your favorite scenes? Ooh, um, I like I don't like I don't need anything but you because that's like a that's big very sweet number, yeah that's like fun and then I also like the cabinet scene. Yeah the cabinet that scene's was, funny like, right? Yeah the it's cabinet fun. scene you do great as um President Roosevelt. Oh well listen, that never happened. <laughs> but no, the, no, the cabinet scene I think is really funny. Yeah, I think it's good. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much. Hey, thank I you. I appreciate your thank time you. today. I look forward to seeing a show myself. Here Please come. Bring, well. bring your kids. You have kids? I do. Bring I them. I do. I appreciate it. If they're boys, they'll even like it. Yeah. It's it's very young. Well, do you have, do you have any yeah. plays about dinosaurs? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, I know. Well, tell just tell them there's a dinosaur in this. There's not. <laughs> um, but thank but. you. Uh, we'll, we'll be sure to post in the show notes the link 
to the Totem yes. Pole website. And uh, we'll catch everybody next time. Thank you so much. Thank we you. appreciate it. Come to Totem Pole. Thank you for listening to the Destination Gettysburg podcast. Produced and hosted by Rick Kennis, with thanks to our special guest. No part of this material may be reproduced without written permission. Get inspired for your visit to Adams County, Pennsylvania at DestinationGettysburg.com. <laughs>